Being a single mom is not easy. In this episode, Sarah Betancourt shares with us how to thrive as a single mom while building a business and getting out of debt. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Hugo, hola, how are you? I'm excited to have you here. This is Jen Hempel, your host. Today, we're going to be talking to a kick-butt single mom. She is truly an inspiration, and you're going to witness exactly why in this episode. You will also hear her son make his appearance from time to time, which I think was pretty cute. In today's episode, you are going to learn the three areas she focused on to get herself grounded on her financial situation. You're also going to learn the number one way she manages her fluctuating income so she doesn't get herself into debt and why an accountability partner has been so crucial in her financial journey, as well as what investment she has made in herself that has impacted all areas of her life. Let me share with you a little bit about Sarah Betancourt. Sarah Betancourt, also known as Sarah Allison, is the chief blonde of the Blonde Spot, a woman-powered social media firm. She went from a poor, divorced, single mom living with her parents to blossoming and thriving in just four years. Understanding her finances and how to go from broke to bank was an important part of moving from the office world to the entrepreneurial universe. Are you ready? Lista, vamos a conocer a Sarah. Let's go meet Sarah. Bienvenida, Sarah, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love recording podcasts, as you know, and <laughs> I can't wait to share my story. Well, let's start with that. Speaking of stories, let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about you in terms of how you grew up around money, what you heard, what you experienced. What is your money story? Sure. So I grew up around my parents and kind of this old school thought process of money. And not a lot of people in my community where I lived from originally is a Seattle, Washington. Not a lot of us Lutheran people were all about talking about money. We kept it pretty quiet. So we didn't really share our thoughts about money. And until I went to college, I didn't really understand how money worked and what was so important about it. And then I got into, you know, a bunch of student debt, like 99% of America. And then um, I got pregnant in my last year of college and really had to like pull myself together and figure out all right, how am I going to get out of this credit card debt that I've accumulated while being in college? And how am I going to be able to pay for my student loans and raise a kid and live on my own? And from there, you know, I went and I learned how to establish myself as a business owner by working in an agency full time, built their social media department. And then after a year, did my mic drop exit and started my business. And I've been doing it full time for almost three years now. Congratulations. Congratulations. 
And hello Thank to you. your child. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's here today. It's, it's all good. It's all good. So you basically, you, you're in college. You had a baby on the way towards the end of your college years. You had the student loan, you said. And so what did you, what were some of the, I know you mentioned that you knew you had to get through that and what you had to do. So what do you think really helped you in terms of really getting your mindset right to be able to tackle this? Because you had a baby on the way, you had student loan, you became a single mom, you started working, and then you also started a business and that's, yeah. and you've been full time. So tell us, what do you think helped you uh, get through, get through that, make sure you accomplished in, in terms of um, paying off debt and, and getting all that. that that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the first thing that I had to do was really understand where I was financially. So I utilized not only my counselors at school, but I also um, spoke to some of the financial counselors at USAA. And they kind of gave me the down low on where all of my debt was, how much of it I had, and how long it would take me to pay it off if I just did, you know, minimum payments and all that jazz. So what I ended up doing was they gave me this printout and I just followed that printout to a T. And then a lot of it was also this like basic human instinct of survival. I, I knew that I needed to put food on the table and pay my bills and never be late as my grandma so embedded in my brain. And that is, I just put my head down and went to work on paying off all this debt and trying to manage my, my business at the same time. It's never been perfect. It's been a lot of challenges. Down the road, there'll be a lot of challenges. And back on the past road, it, there were a lot of challenges too. But that's kind of, you know, the nature of being a business owner and an entrepreneur in today's digital world. We face a lot of challenges, both economically and then personally as well. Right. So you mentioned something that I was like, you reached out and you got talked to, you said a financial counselor at USA. Is that mm -hmm. So you didn't try to do this on your own. You reached out for help. I this did. is what I'm and hearing, which I'm loving yeah. to I'm loving hearing this because a lot of us don't reach out for help. I was one of those. I was stubborn because I'm going to do it. Mama. I'm going to figure it out yeah. for myself. And, and I did, but it took me a lot longer, which meant we paid more money in the long yeah. run. So you reached out for help and they t basically told you this is, you know, after you all broke down the numbers, this is what the debt that you had, this was the interest rate, this was the minimum payment. They basically gave you a printout is what I'm understanding of mm -hmm. what basically your month, date and year of, of payoff or your debt freedom date, if you will. Um, yeah. And so that way it gives you, you had the baseline to work from. And so you knew if I had uh, what I'm hearing, I'm thinking, <laughs> and correct me, <laughs> correct me when I'm, if I'm wrong, is that you basically had, if you made those minimum payments, how long it would take you, right? So you can work from there to accelerate that debt payoff. Correct. That's what I'm yep. getting. Love yep. it. Love it. And this I love like, that you bring this up. Yeah. And this was in the days before mint.com and personal capital and like debt management or uh, spending management companies were really big and huge and all about apps. This was like at the dawn of that turn of the digital age of, of when apps were actually utilized for that kind of stuff. So I used old school Google Drive and um, Excel spreadsheets to really understand. Oh, you want monkeys? Sorry. Yeah, good. <laughs> he, this one? 
Okay. There you go. But anyway, um, <laughs> I utilized Google Excel and made a basic spreadsheet that helped me understand how much money I needed to make every single month, where all of my money was coming from within the business, and then how much money I needed to have for personal stuff like food and water and gas and blah, blah. And then I included a bunch of spending habits too that I needed to like cut out and make sure that I paid that debt off and you know just really stuck to the Excel spreadsheet as much as possible. Love it. So you basically, you had the Excel spreadsheet or Google Drive, you looked at your spending habits, mm-hmm. and then you said a third thing. I looked at how I was going to be managing my income coming from my business. Perfect. Now, then an extra question around that is that because you're a business owner, you're also like a, <laughs> a single mom, a superstar, uh, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and with being a business owner, and being you relied on that income to survive, really, to, to uh, mm-hmm. take care of yourself and your son, how did you manage those dips? You know, it's the ebbs and flows. Some months were higher than the others. And so how, what, what a piece of advice do you have to other business owners or even other oh, business cool. owners who are single moms or someone no, that no. has that unstable income to manage that? Because obviously you've done that successfully. Yeah, I mean, I will be honest, this month, actually, we're, I'm so glad that we ended up rescheduling because this month, I am in a financial downturn with the business. We had two clients that we lost this month, very, very, very unexpectedly. So we know we're very strapped for cash, and we're going to be going into a no spending zone for the next two and a half months. But you know, when it comes to how to manage that kind of a situation, when you're trying to freelance or be a business owner, You need to save money like everything is going to fail tomorrow. And that is the the best piece of advice that I have. It's the most surefire way too to make sure like you don't have to skip a payment on your student loans or skip your car payment because you didn't manage the idea or understand that there could be a potential loss of business unexpectedly, no matter how prepared you are, you have that cushion to fall back on. And and you could consider that, you know, your emergency savings, having that emergency savings for your business, Mm -hmm. for one, and for your personal life is really important. So essentially, you have two. Oh, my gosh, Fox. You're good. (laughs) I love it. So I mean, this is basically how my life goes. It's real life. I'm yeah, I'm providing YouTube videos to Fox. And He's commentating on um, everything YouTube and mommy. (laughs) Um, And that was having an emergency savings account for my business and then for my personal life didn't even become a thought until last year when I started noticing that my business expenses were growing as my business was growing. It was very nerve wracking. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do if my business loses money (laughs) and then I lose money? And I need a cushion for paying for Sprout Social for social media management. And I need a cushion for paying student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I spoke with my accountant and they're like, yeah, we can set up another account for you. And we can just put 10% of your average revenue per month into that account so that you can continue to pay your bills going forward. I'm like, awesome. That works really great. Why didn't I think of this before? <laughs> um, and then from there, you know, it's been it's been pretty good. And I don't have a lot of stress when it comes to managing that part of my life, both business and personal, I guess. So yeah, emergency savings is my best piece of advice. Like it is something that will just 
make you feel so much more comfortable in taking that leap and that risk to moving to a full-time from home business. Right. No, perfect. And what would you say, uh, because I know you mentioned this month you lost uh, some clients, uh, but normally on a normal, because that's obviously a challenge, but on a normal day or a normal month, what would you say are some of the challenges you have around money? It doesn't have to be business. It could be personal as well. Yeah. So super secret, but not so secret thing about me is that I am an ex-drug addict. When I was uh, 20, 21, I was addicted and then I went cold turkey and I've been sober since 2011, which Congratulations. Cool. Thank you. And with that, you know, I developed some other addictions to supplement my drug addiction. And those were coffee and shopping, which are also two really horrible addictions. So... I still have this problem today where I can, you know, from time to time overspend on shopping or buying too many things like subscription boxes or clothes. And with that emergency savings really helps me manage or I guess overcome some of my financial stupidity from time to time. Um, and as an addict, you know, it, it's important to keep in mind that just because you're not doing something that's harmful like drugs shopping and drinking coffee all the time and spending all this needless money is detrimental to your financial and personal life. So I really have like a, an accountability buddy that I talk to, my mom and my dad, who really help me, you know, keep in check with what I'm spending and all that jazz. Perfect. And that was one of the, my next question. So how do you manage that? How do you manage not going overspending on coffee or or shopping? And this is basically with an accountability partner. Yeah. So before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. My mom and dad, they, I confessed to them like everything that happened right before um, I got pregnant with Fox, actually. And I'm like, from time to time, I'm going to tell you things that are going to make you uncomfortable, but I need to be able to share these things with you so that I can manage my mindset and have someone who can keep me in check and keep me in line because I, I don't trust myself from time to time. And then on the coffee point, my sister works at a coffee shop. So I, I just take a free coffee from her because um, <laughs> she doesn't drink at all. She drinks tea. Um, and that really <laughs> helps me manage the amount of money that I would typically spend on coffee. So right. it's not necessarily cutting out the habit, um, but it's, it's but a it's, way it's to manage. Finding an alternative. Right, exactly. right. And, yeah. and one thing that I want to key in that you mentioned was in, in speaking to your parents and sharing them uh, your challenges and what you were going through. Obviously, that was something that was probably scary for you. And um, mm -hmm. you had a lot of fear around that, but you did it because you you were reaching out for help, right? And that's, yeah. I mean, on any level, you know, I'm not in money, whatever. And I love that you bring that up because it's important to do. Sometimes the things we maybe we feel a lot of shame around uh, certain things, we need to reach out for help, which you absolutely did. And it's not an easy thing to do, like reaching no. out for help. And I'm a super prideful person. I'm very much my father, a little bit conceited and very prideful. And like having to force myself to say, I need help. I can't do this alone really sucked. But I knew that 
if I wanted to provide a better life for Fox, that that was something that I absolutely had to do. So that's where those like motherly survival instincts kick in. You're like, you know what, as much as this is going to blow, I'm going to do it anyway. And so that brings the next point was you had your why, your son providing a good life for him as the driving force for reaching out for help and doing the mm-hmm. things that you needed to do to get that, right? And to provide exactly. better for him and, and for you as well. Love it, love it. So what would you say has been your best money spent? My best money spent has actually been on speech therapy for Fox and also um, mental therapy for me. So uh, being that, you know, I'm an ex-addict and I've had some depression over the years, um, I think mental health is really important. And being that I want to be a great mom for Fox and that I want to ensure that he has a better life, that means I also need to take care of myself. So investing in my mental health has really been a great thing for me because I have someone aside from my mom and dad to go and either complain to or problem solve with and have an unbiased opinion of what I have going on in my life and how to solve it. And then for Fox, he actually just got diagnosed as high-functioning autistic. And Mm. he had a speech delay diagnosis previous to that. So investing in some of the behavioral and speech therapy help that he needs has also been really great because it not only gives me an hour or so each week to kind of detox from him, um, but to also give him the help that he needs. Because as parents, there's only so much that we can do, especially if we're not a certified professional. Mm -hmm. There's no way I would have been able to teach Fox to say mommy like he is right now (laughs) (laughs) and be able to understand what show he wants to watch or if he wants a graham cracker or things like that. It wasn't until February, March of last year that he even said mommy for the first time. So sweet. And you're doing so many great things. I'm just like floored with everything uh, that you've accomplished, that you're doing, the, the your strength as well. And I appreciate you being so transparent here with everything because that your story is going to resonate and is going to connect with someone and just by, you know, whether I don't know if you were fearful of sharing or not, or you were just like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Uh, it's going to connect with someone that's needing to hear what you're saying. So I really, really appreciate this. And yeah, absolutely. What would you say is your proudest money moment? My proudest money moment was the day I paid off a $6,000 credit card um, my 21st year. I had used it to not only charge money off to buy drugs, but I was also using it to feed some of my other demons in life. And being able to pay that off without taking out a personal loan or consolidating the debt or, or any of these other methods that people try to use to you know, pay off debt more quickly. I just did it cold turkey like I did with my addiction. Mom, and it felt really dad, good dad, dad, to dad. be able to pay it off. Love it. Love it. Thanks for Yeah, because it was that emotional. That was like your biggest pain point at that time in terms of your your debt. Love it. Yeah, because it wasn't I mean, that's the thing about debt. It's not just a financial stressor. Mm -hmm. It can physically wear you down. Mm -hmm. And that is part of why I was doing drugs, because I needed an upper to compensate for how I was feeling about my debt. And that's not okay. So being able to um, you know, overcome both of those things, paying off the debt that I was using to feed my addiction, 
And also beating my addiction at the same time was a really huge win in my life. Right. And I'm sure in paying that debt, besides winning at paying that debt, it also helped in healing with what you were dealing with for your addiction. So it did. Absolutely. It was a twofer, if you will. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and who would you say influenced you the most in the area of money? My grandma and my grandpa. God rest Aww. his soul. He was my grandpa helped me take out my first student loan. And then uh, when I started taking out more money than necessary, he sat me down and was like, we need to talk about how much student debt you're taking on. And, you know, we, he sat down and talked with my parents because when my dad went to college, he paid like $4,000 for four years of school. And I'm paying 20 grand for three years of community college. There was mm-hmm. a big, huge issue there. And everyone sat me down and talked to me about it. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. And then, you know, it wasn't until I was 21 that I was like, ah, okay. Um, and then my grandma, she, going back to what I said earlier, you know, always pay everything on time, no matter what. And if you can't, you call the creditor, you call the loan department and you say, I can't do this. I need help. What can I do? And they will help you find a way because they want to get paid. They'll help you find a way to pay it or they'll say, okay, we're going to extend the life of the loan by two months and we're going to add this payment into the principal of your balance. And here's how this is going to look and work. And, And they'll work with you. And I have to say like Chase and USAA have been really great in their customer service when it comes to talking about those kind of issues like over the years, not recently. Um, has been a really great help. Makes me feel not as guilty about saying, I can't make this payment. Right, right. No, I always reach out for help. You just, like your grandmother said, they do want to get paid. So they're willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fantastic, Sarah. I really appreciate your time and having your son, Fox, as well, too. That's been fun. (laughs) A a nice twist to the show. As as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because... Children matter. Love it. Perfect. Well, this has been fantastic. I appreciate your time and I hope to connect with you soon. Thanks, Jen. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to me. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Sarah and of course the appearance of her son Fox from time to time. I want to dig a little deeper in today's conversation, but before I do, like usual, let's do La Mención Semanal or the weekly shout out. This week, I want to recognize Ann T. She is a great example of saying you get what you put into it. As in our community, she has reached out for help and she has even took it a step further on sharing her goals for accountability, which is fantastic. It says a lot about you and your commitment and drive. So don't be surprised if I go back to your accountability posts and check on you and see how those goals are coming along. Now, as for today's show, there are two points I want you to remember from this interview, this talk with Sarah. One is about the emergency funds and the other one is about accountability. So let's talk about emergency funds first. We've talked about them in the past, but it doesn't hurt to mention that again. You 
build your emergency fund. And if you're in a business, I also tell my clients like Sarah does, build your emergency funds for your business as well. In addition, take it a step further, establish clear ground rules ahead of time as to what the emergency fund is for, define what an emergency is, then that will help you to not deplete it when you don't have to. For example, maybe your car needs new brakes. Is that an emergency or is that more maintenance? For me, I consider it more maintenance for the car because eventually you're going to have to replace those brakes. So you want to establish those ground rules as to what is an emergency and what isn't. And for a bonus, think about how you can start to implement a maintenance or a big expense account. You can call it whatever your heart desires for those significant expenses, like the car brakes I just mentioned, or a new dishwasher, everything that eventually is going to happen so you can be prepared. Maybe you can't set that up right now. Maybe with how your monies are going, there's not enough cash to put aside, but think about how you can do that. So first, definitely build your emergency fund, but figure out how maybe even at the same time, if it works for your situation, I don't know, how can you implement that maintenance fund? So you can, again, that maintenance fund is for those significant expenses like the car brakes, the dishwasher, those type of things. So those are my several cents on emergency funds. Now let's talk about accountability. Notice that Sarah reached out to her parents for accountability. She knew herself and she knew her flaws. There's nothing wrong with us having flaws. We just need to recognize them and know how to manage them. Your accountability partner needs to be someone you trust and who is motivated as you are about moving ahead. I talk in detail in my book more about this, but accountability partners can be a friend, a family member. It can be someone you meet in our community, or it can be in a paid form like my group beta program that's coming soon. By the way, if you're interested in that, I'll put a link in the show notes, or you can just go to jenhemphill.com forward slash beta so you can be notified when it's open. Now, what's important here is that whether it's paid or not, this accountability partner is up to you. The really important part is that the accountability that you are getting and giving as well is helping you in your financial journey. So remember to build those emergency funds, establish what an emergency is for the win, start building a maintenance account for those significant expenses and get yourself an accountability partner that is motivated as you are. Now, if you enjoyed today's interview with Sarah, definitely go connect with Sarah on Facebook, especially if you're a business owner or someone needing help in the social media area. Just search the blonde spot on the Facebook uh, search engine and you will find her there. I will also have that direct link in the show notes. If you resonated with Sarah's story, but are feeling scared about dealing with your own financial situation, be sure to grab your copy of My Daily Money Ritual. This worksheet is going to help you break your situation down in a way that is not so scary. You can download your free copy over at jenhempill.com forward slash ritual. And that link will also be provided in the show notes. 
Next week on the podcast, we are going to explore a topic we have not touched. And actually, this was a request and a question from one of you. And that is, how do we start that money conversation with our aging parents so we know where they stand financially? Because none of us are getting any younger, and eventually our parents are going to need our help in some way or another. So we need to know where they stand financially, or do they have enough for retirement, uh, those type of things. So we're going to tackle that topic next week. That is a wrap for today. I want to thank Sarah for joining us, for sharing her story. You can check out the show notes on where to find Sarah over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 150. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I just say 150? Okay, I'm just going to breathe and let's move on. Also, don't forget if you loved this episode, please, please take a moment to share with a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, or even a stranger. Since we don't talk money a lot, you never know what the other person is dealing with. So this podcast, this episode, or another of your favorite episodes uh, can make a world of a difference to this person. So I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. So that is it for today. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening so much. And nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Ciao. Thank you.